the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. I'm going to read the text in Colossians 2 from verses 1 to verse 7, and we'll pick up from there. Paul writes, For I want you to know how great is my solicitude for you, how severe an inward struggle I'm engaged in for you, and for those believers at Laodicea, and for all who, like yourselves, have never seen my face and known me personally. For my concern is that their hearts may be braced, comforted, cheered, and encouraged as they are knit together in love. That they may come to have all the abounding wealth and blessing of assured conviction of understanding. And that they may become progressively more intimately acquainted. And may know more definitely and accurately and thoroughly the mystic secret of God which is Christ, the Anointed One. In Him, all the treasures of divine wisdom, comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God, and all the riches of spiritual knowledge and enlightenment are stored up and lie hidden. I say this in order that no one may mislead and delude you by plausible and persuasive and attractive arguments and beguiling speech. For though I am away from you in body, yet I am with you in spirit, delighted at the sight of your standing shoulder to shoulder in such orderly array, and the firmness and the solid front and steadfastness of your faith in Christ, that leaning of the entire human personality and absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom, and goodness. As you have therefore received Christ, even Jesus the Lord, so walk, regulate your lives, and conduct yourselves in union with and conformity to Him. Have the roots of your being firmly and deeply planted in Him, fixed and founded in Him, being continually built up in Him, become increasingly more confirmed and established in the faith, just as you were taught, and abounding and overflowing in it with thanksgiving. See, Paul wrote this letter from prison. 
And they had never met Paul or seen him, at least not that we know of. Yet there is a bond between them, an unseen bond that connects all of God's children, that is Christ, who is our life. Now that bond transcends what we see and what we feel and what we hear. It is not a physical bond. It is a spiritual one. Now we get caught up in, the, in our humanity, seeing our humanity as our reality. But God doesn't see us in that way. And Paul, who walked in union with Christ, he saw these people as being in Christ. He saw them in Christ. He didn't see them physically. He saw them spiritually. They were in Christ by definition of who they are. Here's the reality. I may not know each of you individually. And you could all scatter out of this room. You could all get in your cars and drive different directions. And I may not know your location. But here is the truth of you spiritually. Regardless of where you go, you as a child of God are in Christ. And there is a truth about you as a child of God. There is a condition about you as a child of God. Just as a living, functioning human being has a heart and a brain, the child of God has distinctions about who they are, how they live, how they see God, and how God sees them. That doesn't deviate no matter who they are. Paul could, with confidence, exclaim the truth of their condition in Christ. He did not he was not being presumptuous. He knew exactly where they were in Christ. Paul's heart for the Colossians was not like an Ecclesiastes, a heart of stone, but in fact it was the heart of the Father towards them. He saw them as Jesus saw them. So remember what I said earlier, that Paul is speaking the truth that the Spirit of God is putting within him. He is writing that down. So what you're hearing is not how Paul sees the Colossians, but how God sees the Colossians. Remember the truth of this is that the Father sees us differently. Paul could clearly state the heart of the Father towards the Colossians. You know, we rarely see ourselves as God sees us because we're blinded by our humanity. Mike Well said, and the study we're doing, he says that believers are usually much better off than they think or feel that they are because they spend an inordinate amount of time focusing on what is wrong with them rather than Jesus. Isn't that true? We spend a lot of time distracted with ourselves and with the behavior of others. We do not see ourselves as Christ sees us. We do not see ourselves as being in Christ. And so we don't enter into the reality of our mutual union in the body of Christ. And therefore we do not allow ourselves to see others as Christ sees them. You know, we use this verse a lot here. We've taught it and we've preached it and we've quoted it to one another quite a bit. But it is in reality one of the clearest truths of who we are. John 15.5 Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever lives in me and I in him bears much abundant fruit. However, apart from me, cut off from vital union with me, You can do nothing. I ask this question in Bible study. When you go to the vineyard, 
or to a vineyard, and you go to look at the vines, do you see typically see the branch apart from the vine? No. What do you see? You see the branch in union with the vine. In fact, you would not separate the two, would you? As you see one abiding in the other, as you see them, you do not say, well, this part is a branch and this part is a vine. You say, there is the vine, don't you? Speaking collectively of the two, because the two are one. In fact, you would judge the strength of that branch by the look and the strength of that vine. You would look at the vine and say, you know what? That is a healthy, strong, disease-free vine. Therefore, that must be a healthy, strong, disease-free branch. You would see the branch as being in the vine. You would see the strength of the branch as being part of the vine. You would see the fruit of the branch as being the fruit of the vine. You would see the branch as being one with the vine. Now why am I making such a point out of that? Because we rarely see ourselves as God sees us and He sees us in the vine. And what does that do to us when we refuse to look at ourselves in the reality of who we are, in the reality of what Christ has done in us? When I don't see myself in Christ, I am, I am undone. Whenever you find yourself without hope, whenever you find yourself fearful, whenever you're worrying about what tomorrow will bring, whenever you're worried about what yesterday brought, whenever you're thinking that you don't have enough strength, whenever you're fearful of what the world's going to do to you, whenever you see relationships as taking life from you, whenever you believe the world is going to take something from you, you are not seeing yourself as a branch in the vine. You are seeing yourself as just a branch. Because if you saw yourself in Him, you would say, Oh, these things are no match for the vitality, for the strength, for the overcoming power of the vine. You wouldn't say, These difficulties are no match for the overcoming power of the branch, would you? You see, the distinction is very important. Because if we see ourselves the way Christ sees us, then we are not distracted by all these things out here in the world. We are not distracted by our humanity. We are completely focused upon the source of our life, which is Christ, the vine. Christ in you, the hope of glory. I can tell you, I do, I do a good bit of counseling, and when people come into my office and they're totally despairing about whatever it is, be it their own lives, be it their marriage, be it whatever it is, I can tell you where their focus is not. I can tell you how they see themselves. And it makes sense, doesn't it? Because doesn't it say in John fifteen five that apart from me you can do what? Nothing. So if you look at a piece of branch on the ground, how much strength and vitality do you ascribe to that branch? None. You see it as something that needs to be gathered up and thrown into the fire. It's a bit of rubbish. How much confidence do you have in that branch to produce fruit? How much confidence do you have in that branch to be disease-free or to bring forth any life whatsoever? None. And I'm telling you that there are so many Christians out there 
They refuse to see the reality of their union with Christ, to live out of their union with Christ. So therefore, life is completely overwhelming them because they cry out to God and this is what you hear. Father, save me. Father, rescue me. Father, come and enter into this circumstance. Father, I need you in this moment. I need you to pull me out. And why are they calling? Why are they reaching out to God? Because they are a child of God and they recognize where the strength is. But here is the deception in all of that. That somehow God wasn't there when they started calling. That somehow His strength will only be available to them when they use the right words. When they create the right amount of penitence. When they do the right thing. They attend the right church. We get so distracted with our own behavior, our failure, that we don't see the reality of the presence and the power of Christ in us. And you see Paul in Colossians. He is saying, in Him! In Him! In Him! He's not saying, oh guys, uh, you know, if you'll just learn enough, you could combat these guys out here. If you'll just go to, if you'll just go to church enough, you'll be able to, to, to avoid the, all of the heretics out there. You know, if you would just pray enough, if you would just read your Bible enough, if you, and I'm not against any of those things. But understand that the Word of God is powerful in Him. It speaks of Him. Understand that prayer is powerful when we recognize that the presence of God is here and among us and we are one with Him and we are in Him. But if we pray to Him as though He were distant, as though He were aloof, we're not doing anything different than the heathen are doing. If we're trying to pull Him into circumstance and situation because we need Him to come and rescue us, we're operating in unbelief. Can you see that? Because we're operating in the presumption that God is not there and must be pulled in. You know what? I've gone into to church services and prayer meetings and says, we need to pray that, we, that the presence of God will be here tonight. Well, I understand what they're saying, but they're Christians. They're in the vine. How could He not be there? And we all suffer from it, don't we? How many of you are fretting and worrying? How many of you are are worried about tomorrow or the next day? How many of you have circumstances that you're about to face that you don't believe that you can face, that you don't have the strength, that you don't have the wherewithal to go through? How many of you are worried that, that life is going to overcome you, that circumstances are going to overcome you? Why is it that Jesus says not to worry? How Has He not taken a look down here and seen what we're going through? No, He sees us as we are. In Him. In Him. Attached. He says, don't worry. Don't allow your mind to wrestle with the idea that somehow there's something out there greater than the life that is within you. Stop. Recognize that your life is in Him. When you see a branch that is in union with the vine, you see its purpose, its strength. You see the vine is strong, so therefore the branch is strong. That's how Paul sees the Colossians. 
united in Him. Paul saw them in Christ, standing steadfast in union with Christ. And Paul is with them in spirit because he is in Christ and has that connection. And Paul says, I'm delighted in the sight of you standing shoulder to shoulder in such orderly array. And notice that he doesn't say, I am delighted in the sight of you faithful church attending brethren who made all of the fellowship meetings. I am delighted in the sight of the strong among you who have taken on all of the right things and have avoided all of the failings of the sinful. Now, he says, I am delighted in all of you standing shoulder to shoulder, standing strong. He's taken in the weak. He's taking in the poor. He's taking in the rich. He's taking in everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord, everyone who is attached to the vine, because that is the reality of where they're at. Do you see yourself in the body of Christ? Do you believe yourself to be a weaker member? Well, Paul speaks to that. But let me tell you something, there is no such thing. Well, you just don't know how much failure I have in my life. Since when has your failure got anything to do with the salvation, the strength, the power, the life of Christ? What has your failure got to do with the overcoming power of Christ? It doesn't inhibit the power of Christ. It doesn't take away the power of Christ. Yield to the life of Christ. Stop obsessing on failure and start focusing upon Him and you will find obedience to be your nurture, to be your strength. You'll begin to walk in the truth because it suits you, not because you're so afraid that if you don't get it all right, God's going to walk away from you. Paul says, look... You were designed for Him. It is in Him that you have strength. And I see you in Him, Colossians. I see you in Him. I know you think the church is in trouble. I know you think that these guys can take something from you. I know some of you are not not as faithful as you'd like to be. I know some of you have failings. I know some of you have weaknesses. I'm looking out at you and I see the, the issue. And, but I see you in Christ. And in Christ you're standing shoulder to shoulder. In Christ you're standing firm. In Christ you're standing steadfast. In Christ you are not removed. In Christ nobody takes you out of the hand of the Father. In Christ you are in union with Him. In Christ there is no sin that will separate you. In Christ you have salvation. In Christ you have His mercy. In Christ you are accepted. In Christ you are loved. In Christ you have everything for light and life and God. You have it all in Christ, and that's how I see you. And I won't see you any other way. The church for centuries has been focused upon the failings and the sins of man. And what has become of it? That we have hundreds of thousands of Christians walking upon the face of this earth, condemned, embittered, and sorry for their lives, just waiting for the one day when Christ takes them out so that they can begin to live. Is that what He called us to? If that's it, then I'm ready to go. But He said, I came that you might have life and that you might have it abundantly. Paul says, forgetting what I have left behind, I will no longer focus on the failings. I will go forward in truth. 
the people of God are not affirmed in what they do right. They're affirmed in Christ. In Him alone. Stability is in Christ. Ephesians 6.10 says, In conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Doesn't say in your behavior, does it? Be empowered through your union with Him. Doesn't say anything about what you know or you hope to know. Draw your strength from Him. That strength which His boundless might provides. You know, we find ourselves abused and deceived when we determine to live our lives out of our humanity rather than out of our union with Christ. You are a new creation in Christ. Do you recognize that? You're not a remodel job. You're not a remade being in the truest sense of the word. Jesus looked at him and said, Ye must be born again. You have been born again if you're a Christian. The old is passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And you know what the reality is for so many Christians? They read the verse, but they don't recognize the truth of it. That all things have become new. They're still believing that they are still weighed down and inhibited. And somehow, God is just going to have to deliver them and bring them forward so that they can begin to live the Christian life. What I am telling you is the Christian life is being lived in you. Yield to it. You are a new creation. Stop trying to live like the old one. Stop trying to find yourself in this world because you're not in this world. You are in Him. You are in Christ. You are stable and balanced in Him. Ephesians 4.15 So then, may we no longer be children tossed like ships to and fro between chance gusts of teaching and wavering with every changing wind of doctrine, the prey of the cunning and cleverness of unscrupulous men, gamblers engaged in every shifting form of trickery, inventing errors to mislead. Rather, let our lives lovingly express truth, the truth in Him, in us, Him. In all things, speaking truly, dealing truly, living truly, enfolded in love. Let us grow up in every way and in all things into Him who is the head, even Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. He didn't say, let us become something different, did He? He didn't say, let us mature into a different being altogether. That's not possible. What did he say? He said, let us grow up, expand in who we are. Stop being like a child. You know why we get moved by doctrines, of winds of doctrines and false teaching and all of these things? Because we believe, because we have our focus upon our behavior and upon our failures and upon our situations and our weaknesses, we believe that we need to add something to ourselves in order to be spiritual. And here they come. 
Here come the heretics. Here come the Satan-led. And they walk in and say, okay, in order to be spiritual, you need to take this seminar. In order to be spiritual, you need to know this. In order to be spiritual, you need to do this. In order to be spiritual, you need to quit doing that. In order to be spiritual, you need to be healed here. And they say, we are going to add to you so you can be spiritual. That's why we're vulnerable, because we believe that somehow we're incomplete. Scripture doesn't hold that up. Nowhere. You're only incomplete until you receive Christ, but we are complete in Christ, and no man adds to that completeness. The Colossians were only as vulnerable as they believed that these people could add something to them. You have everything you need in Christ. No man adds anything to you. But what Paul says... Grow up. Expand into who you are. You have the fullness of the Godhead bodily, richly indwelling within you. You have only discovered a very small part of it. And there's such a small part that you've discovered that it's in constant conflict with what you deem to be reality in this world. But I want to tell you something. That one day you're going to be exposed to the truth of it. Though you will not enter into all of it, that takes eternity. Because our God is so big. But one day when He takes us up, we are going to see for the first time that after all of these years, we are actually like Him. We are like Him. We're being molded and shaped and growing into His image and His likeness. Thank you for joining Pastor Todd Granger for His Life Revealed the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We hope today's message has encouraged you to yield to His life in every situation, rest in His life moment by moment, and receive from His life all that you need to show Christ in this world. If you'd like to know more, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. And you're invited to join us for worship services on Saturdays at 5 p.m., at 7015 Wurzbach Road. If you would like to help support this ministry, send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. And finally, this coming week, our hope is that the image of the invisible God would be visible in you. And remember, wherever you go, whatever you do, the hope of glory is Christ in you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.